So, uh, good morning. My name is Michael, by the way. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, hey, Ralph, and we're excited to have you with us on this first Sunday of 2020. Woo! It's the dawn of a new year, the dawn of a new decade. I mean, wow. How many of you watched all of the end of year and end of decade specials? Nobody watched any of those. Only people in my house did. Okay, yeah, we had to watch the Today Show and like, look how wonderful the Today Show was for the past year. I'm like, I don't care. Um, but there, there was a lot of great, uh, great stuff that happened. I'm, I'm glad to move into 2020. How many of you are, oh wait, hold on. Couple of, couple of things. If you need a listening device, first of all, this is not necessarily your service. It's early service. Uh, but we do have listening devices available um, and uh, the ushers know where they are in the back if you need something. It's only tuned to my channel, um, so it's like the, my voice will be in straight in your ear. Um, it's a gift. It's a gift. Um, you only get to hear the voice that's coming out of my mouth, not the other voices in there, so it won't be as fun. But, um, so they do have those there. Uh, and then also a women's retreat is coming on January 10th through the 12th at T-Bar M. Um, and if you are a lady, all the ladies, let me hear you. Yeah, a real lady wouldn't have gone, woo, or a little lady just going, hello, you know, um, just kidding. Uh, so uh, we're excited. Uh, Jenna, I, have, I know nothing about it. You can ask Jenna um, about it uh, in between. They would love for you to be there. I know a bunch of people have already signed up to go. Be a wonderful time uh, for that. There you go. Those are the announcements. Now, 2020, 2020. First of all, who sees 2020? Who has 2020 vision up in here? Raise your hand. Yeah, nobody likes you. Um, that's great. Oh, I can see perfectly. Great. Yeah, we can still see through our corrective lenses how much of a nerd you are. Um, so we, we are, uh, yeah, I, I don't see 2020. Um, I, I, an interesting story. When Jenna and I got married, when she met me, I had, uh, my eyesight was going. Because everybody in my, in my family wears glasses. And, um, and it was starting to fade to the point where I needed to wear glasses. And on our wedding day, she goes, you can't wear those. And I'm like, well, how come? She goes, because I didn't meet you in glasses, and I'm not going to marry you in glasses. I should have known, <laughs> now that I think about this and say this out loud, that my life was going to be controlled from that point forward. So I didn't wear them then, and then I started wearing them, but then I got poison ivy. Um, really, I'm really allergic to poison ivy. Like, the fact that I'm mentioning it right now, I'm going to start itching and get it. Um, and it got in my eyes. And so, you know, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible thing. It, and it, my face swelled up, and, um, and my eyes swelled up, and I stopped wearing my glasses, and it changed my eyes so much so that I went back to take the driver's test at the, the DPS, and I passed it, whereas I couldn't pass the eye test. So I got rid of glasses for years, um, just for poison ivy. So here's, if you want to get, you know, don't, don't do surgery, just get poison ivy, rub it in your eyes. It'd be great. I'm back to needing glasses again. And it's an interesting thing that, um, and I'm not going the poison ivy route because it was horrible. Uh, but so, so the, you know, these glasses are a weird thing, right? Because when I look at stuff, you know, it, I, have you, I'm starting to do this. And I used to make fun of you old people, and now I'm one of you. Where it's like, how far do you need me to hold it back to where it comes into focus, right? It's one of these things where you're doing this. And there was a while where, if you were here, I started wearing cheaters on Sunday, but I realized that that was just a pain, and if I just stand back here, I can see it um, far enough if I squint down uh, that I can see, and I have a large print Bible already, um, and so I can see it. And it's just one of those things that 2020, when you, when you have it, you don't realize how wonderful it is, right? When you have that perfect vision, you take it for granted, all of you 2020 people, right? You, 
you, Jordan, drummer who raised his hand and did a woo, um, yeah, you, you don't understand what it feels like to be driving and look at a street sign and not be able to read it, right? And it's like, I don't know, wait, I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to turn or not because I'm in an area that I don't know and, and my vision doesn't allow me to see it. When you have this perfect vision, when you have this clarity, it, it just opens up a whole new world to you. And when you don't, the certain things are held back from you. And as your vision, some of you have really, like, big lenses. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like that, really Coke bottle type stuff. And, and you know when you take them off, the world looks different. This year as we come into 2020, right, it's, it's appropriate. To, when I was thinking about this back in November, I think, I, was, I came across this graphic. And it was 2020, it was, I get these emails that are like sermon series ideas. And all they do is they show you a graphic and a title. And I'm like, that helps me not at all. Um, give me everything. And, um, but so, and so they had uh, this graphic that is on your, I think it's on this. Yeah, right here on the back. A little 2020 and it's a little, uh, little, I don't know, telescope thing or something. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, we're coming into this year of perfect vision. We're coming into this year where we should see everything clearly and and maybe, like, every new year, how many of you are re resolution makers? How many people make resolutions up in here? Type A people. Yeah. How many of you keep those resolutions? One person. One person in here. My father-in-law is the one who, who raised his hand and said he keeps them, too. And I, I believe that about him, actually. But, like, yeah, I, I used to make resolutions, and they never, they never last. And, but this is the time of year where you're like, okay, yes. It's, it's January, it's the beginning of a new year. We, we, we mark time with right now and we're, and we're moving forward into this, this new decade, this new year. And it's appropriate to begin to say, okay, what's the vision I have? What's the, what's the vision? And, and so 2020, this, this series is going to be about vision. But it's not about vision for the church, it's about vision for you. It's about this personal vision. It's about this introspective where I'm tired of seeing things through the blurriness of the lenses of the world and I want to see crystal clear through the lens that God has given me. And so what is the vision that I have for my life? And a lot of times your, your resolutions that we go through, we, we do these resolutions that, oh, I'm going to eat better. And to, like, I'm never, no, that's never going to be my resolution, right? Or you're going to exercise more or, or, or be better with your finances or maybe you have a resolution or, or a goal for your career or whatever it is. And, but, but what I want you to look at is, is what is the vision that God has for you? Like, can you see where God is moving? Like, tw with crystal clear 2020, you see it perfectly. You see where God is moving in your life and where he wants you to go. And so that's what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. But, but today we start on the focus of everything, seeing the focus. It's like zeroing in and, and, and what are you truly focused on? Where is that line that draws your eyes straight to it? Have you ever, um, you ever been driving somewhere and, and you know where you're kind of going but you don't and it, it, but you're confident kind of in, in your abilities to, to navigate this place. And, and you get on a road and your focus is in other places. I don't know if you're like me, but if, you've, if you, you know this about me, there's a lot of squirrels that exist in my life, right? It is very easy for me to be distracted um, and to see other things and to jump on and to have little conversations in, with myself in my mind or, 
seeing a billboard and, and go down a road about the billboard and how they could have made it better. And it's not funny. It's not doggone funny. I'm sorry, you know. Or maybe seeing your bumper sticker and not really caring that your kid's an honor student, you know. And, or maybe you cut me off and I'm blessing you um, in a certain way, right. And so my focus is distracted, but I kind of know where I'm going. And so I go through the motions of driving in this autopilot. And, and, then, and then about 5, 10, 15 minutes later, because if you're going along, you realize that you've gone the wrong way. Has anyone ever done this? Like you're, you're confident and you're going, in, but you know you're going a long way and so you're not really worried yet because you haven't gone the appropriate amount of distance. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I should have seen the exit by now. But the road you were on was, was good. It was a straight road. There was no potholes. It was a safe road to travel on. Other people were on the road too and you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm fine. Until you realize that you took a wrong turn somewhere and you're off the, the right road because you lost focus, because you, you, you took your eyes off of where you were supposed to be traveling and where you're supposed to be going, and, and everything got blurry. See, I, I think what we do in our lives is we take the wrong road a lot of times because other people are on it, because it's a good road, there's no pothole roads, there's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing that says danger, 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 but it's not your road, and it's not the road that you should be on because it's not the road that God has planned for you. And oftentimes that road, it leads to being lost, it leads to death, it leads to destruction, right? We get on these roads that seem fine and at the end of the day, we're gone. See, Paul, when he's talking to the people of Ephesus, he writes this letter and it's a pastoral letter, right? He's writing back to one of his beloved churches and, and he writes this letter and he says in chapter two, he says, once you were dead because of your disobedience, and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everybody else. See, what, what, Paul, is, what Paul is saying is, Everybody loses focus. Everybody starts off with a destination in mind, but gets distracted, but sees maybe an easier seemingly road, but sees some other way, sees other cars are going this other way, and, and, and veers off, and they lose focus from where they're going, and their vision becomes blurred. And they begin to see things through the lens of the people who are leading them, rather than the one who originated them. And so what Paul is saying here is, We've all been there, every single one of us. Every single one of us chose our, has chosen ourself or the way of the world over God. Every single one of us from time to time has lost focus on the path that God has laid for us. And because of that, we separated ourselves from his will. Because of that, we separated ourselves from his love. Because of that, we were dead. It's a pretty bleak statement. I, I mean, this is like, you're dead because of your sinfulness, right? And, and what is sin? Sin is this, sin is this uh, choice that we choose ourselves or the way of the world over the way of God. It's a separation when we, when we say, no, 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 God, I got this. 
I don't need your help anymore. I know what's best for my life. Okay. You ever had a child come up to you and, and tell you their plans and, the, and, their, and, their, and their, their path that they're going to go on and you just know? Not going to work, man. Not going to work. I remember this one time when Corbin was little. He was about four, I think. And, and I think I've told this story in here before, but I love it. Um, we had this cattle trough in our backyard, um, one of those blue big plastic cattle troughs. It was our swimming pool. Um, and don't judge us, you know. It was, and so we have this thing, and that was our, that was our pool. And we'd, I'd fill it up with hose water, and, and we'd put the kids in there and, you know, periodically come back outside to check, see if they're alive, you know. And <coughs> um, that's not true. We'd check more than that. Um, and, so, and so we would uh, had this wonderful thing. My parents gave Grace a uh, trampoline for Christmas. And it was like this mini tramp because of her, her little hip dysplasia thing, they thought, she thought that it would maybe help strengthen stuff and whatever, and, and Grace hated it, and it was like, great gift. It was a good thought, but um, typical Grace thing. She doesn't care. Uh, Corbin, however, thought it was fascinating. And so Corbin is jumping all over this thing. And then one day we're out in the backyard, and I see this happen. I see Corbin dragging the trampoline over to the pool. <laughs> and, and I know where this is going, and I'm like, this is awesome. This is this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I'm just sitting there watching it. And I'm like, he's going to get so hurt, <laughs> you know, because that pool thing was slippery on the bottom, man. I mean, he's going to fly in there and hit it and go boom, back. And I'm seeing all this stuff. And I'm like, it's so great. This is, and I, I stopped him. I didn't let him do it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I got a couple, oh, weenie, I know, because his mother would have killed me. But it was one of those things where I saw the plans that he had. And I knew the enjoyment that would ensue upon carrying those plans out, but I also knew the finish of that. And it wasn't going to be good. And, and he was dead because of what was about to happen. He, his focus was on enjoyment and pleasure in this mere moment of like, this is going to be, I'm going to rocket off of this thing into the water. It's going to be legendary. His focus was off of the proper way that he should be going. His focus was, and this is all of our lives. That's a little bitty example of it, but we all do this and we all, we all see things through the lens of the world and we lose focus because we begin to focus on other things and think, oh, but that is the way. And, and originally, sometimes when we start focusing on the other stuff, it feels a little bit awkward at first. You're like, well, that doesn't feel like really right. But then the more you focus on the thing, the more it becomes comfortable and the more it becomes okay, even though it's blurry and it's wrong. And so we find ourselves having been on the path that God had laid for us, slowly inching off because we've lost focus of him and the path that he has for us. So what Paul says is, so you're dead. You're dead because of your choices. You're dead because you're choosing yourself over him. You're dead because we've lost focus. But he goes on to say, but God, who is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that he, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. It says God saved you by his grace. And when you believed, you can't take credit for this, it says. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done. 
so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. I, I love the finish of this little, this is a heavy doctrinal statement for Paul. There, there's so much deep theology here that he's dropping. And, and what he says essentially is, we separated ourselves from the love of God, but God wasn't happy with that. And so God came after us. And Jesus came, and he died, and he conquered death. It was by his grace. Did you hear how many times I read the word grace in there? Over and over, Paul wants us to get that it is God's grace that brings us back into focus. It is God's grace that brings us back onto his path. It is God's grace, it's God's gift that we don't deserve, which is what grace means, an unmerited or undeserved gift. It's this gift that Jesus gives us through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. It's this gift that we celebrate as we come to his table, and he says, this is my body and my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Poured out for those moments when you've lost focus and started looking through lenses of the world or of your own making. It is my grace and my gift that I give to you, my life that I give to you. Because when we, when we lose focus, when we lose focus from the path that God has for us and we begin to, to have that blurred vision, what we're doing is we're, we're not breaking the laws of God, we're breaking God's heart. That's really what it amounts to here. Is that, yeah, there, there's these laws and regulations and standards that are set up, but Jesus came to fulfill all of that stuff. And what he wants from us now is he just wants our love. He said, man, I, I have a life plan for you that is so much better than than you could ever imagine. I have this fullness of life that, that I just want you to experience if you just stay focused on me. If you just stay focused on who I am and, and who you are in my eyes. Don't look through the lenses of this world, but look through my lens. Look through my grace and my gift of life that I have given you. So at the beginning of this new year, I asked the question, what are you focused on? What's that primary thing? Like it, it, those of you resolution people who have done these things, or, or everybody really kind of stops and takes a little bit of stock at the change of a year. And what's your primary concern? What is that thing that drives you most? What, what is it about yourself that you want at the end of 2020 to be improved upon? Might I suggest that if God isn't the answer, that you rethink it. That your relationship with him and who you are in his eyes, that your vision of the plan that he has for you, if that's not number one, maybe, maybe go back to the drawing board. Because the goal for all of us should be who we are today vastly pales in comparison to who we are at the end of the year. Because at the end of the year, hopefully as we are focused on him, and we are seeing through his lens, we become more and more Christ-like. We become more image bearers. And when we become more like him, the kingdom of God spreads. And that's what we're called to do. We are called to be image bearers focused on the vision that he's given us. And so I, I, I invite you all to join me in something. I invite you all to join me in, in 21 days. 
of, of prayer and fasting. I know, I just dropped the F word. And if you're scared by fasting. But for 21 days, what, what I'm going to, and, and, and I'm beginning today, I did this back in August. There's a church in Birmingham. Is their, their pastor is Chris Hodges, who, whom I, I've read a lot of his books, and we've done some sermon series based off of some of his books in here. But what they do is they stop for 21 days in, in January and in August, and, and they pray every day. They have a prayer service, 6 o'clock every morning. And what I invite you to do is to join me, and there's a handful of others that are already committed to doing this, in praying and fasting for 21 days. I'm not going to tell you what to pray for. Let God lead you on that. I'm not going to tell you what to fast from. Fasting isn't as scary as it sounds, by the way. Fasting is depriving yourself of something that you covet and crave in order to focus more on something that you should be more focused on, right? Some of you need to fast from food. This guy, right? Some of you need to fast from, from screens, Fasting from social media, praise Jesus, shouldn't we all do that? Some of you need to, to fast from, and this is going to sound really funny, some of you need to fast from exercise. I know the doctors are like, what? Because some of you have made that your God. <laughs> Again, clearly that is not my problem. But for some of you who look really good, um, some of you need to fast from whatever it is. And so I, I invite you to, to join Join me in this. For 21 days, that's all I'm asking. To, to, you don't have to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning because I don't know who does that. Um, but they have a prayer service that you can join on their website, churchofthehighlands.com. And they do worship and there's a teaching. And then they go into this extended time of prayer. You can join with them during that time. If you miss it at 6 o'clock, they have it archived. You can go online and see it at any time during the day throughout that day. And then they'll reboot it at six o'clock the next day and relaunch the next one. And so follow along. Imagine what it would be like. Imagine what it would be, not, not for our church, imagine what it would be like for you and for your family. If you for 21 days said, as, as a family, as, as, a, as a person, if you just said, you know, I'm gonna focus solely on you. I'm gonna start this year focused on you, God and what you want from me and what you want for me. Because when we get focused on God and we start walking in this way and we experience that grace of God and, and we start living into the good works that he's planned for us long ago, we start opening doors into what God wants for us and what God wants for us is so much better than the world has to offer. So for 21 days, I challenge you, join in this prayer and fasting and see what happens at the end. See where God leads you. See what he does in your life and in your family and in your jobs and in your health. If you trust God and you focus on him, he will take you to the places that you need to be. Father, we thank you and praise you for the way that you move in our life. And God, I, I pray that if this morning somebody doesn't know how to focus on you because they never have, let them give up the control that they've tried to hold on to for so long. Let them walk away from the ways of this world and, and, and the focus and vision and lenses that they've been looking through that are blurry. When you, see, when you see crystal clear for the first time, you realize how blurry your vision was. So God, if there's people in here this morning that, that need to see 2020 for the first time, 
that need to see through your lenses. Allow them the courage to take off their own lenses and to look through yours. In fact, God, I just, just say this prayer in your hearts, those of you, everybody's heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and just say, Jesus, I'm tired of looking through my own lenses. I'm tired of taking control of my life and going down paths and roads that just lead me into hurt and heartache and depression and destruction. I put on your lenses, God. I give my life to you. I focus on you. And I pray that as I do this, you will take me down the path that you have planned for me. Thank you and I praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.